All right, welcome back to Preview Review. This is the second edition. I haven't done this actually since December. It was the last time I did this for Star Wars, so it's been a while. But if you don't know what this is, this is a, a new show I'm doing. Well, I guess it's not new now. It's almost a year old, but it, <laughs> it, it's only the second episode, so it's still in its infancy. Uh, but it's a show where basically... I do. I haven't decided really the boundaries of it. I guess I could just go for movies right now, but probably music and whatever stuff releases here in the future I want to do that this could apply for, I'll do. But uh, basically what I do is I go and for this, for this case, a movie, and uh, before the movie, I do the preview. So this, this part of the episode is, and basically uh, what we'll be doing is previewing Tenet. Um, the newest Christopher Nolan movie. But towards the middle point of this episode, I will go and see the movie, and then I will come back here and have the review. And that's why it's the preview review. Get it? It's pretty simple. So today I have a good friend with me, Jack Quell, who's coming with me to see the movie. Sadly, he won't be here for the review, but I'm sure uh, he will have some interesting thoughts. And next time he's on, he, we can talk about the movie. Uh, but yeah, we have Jack Quell here for the preview. Big Christopher Nolan fan, as I am. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm very excited for this movie. It's. I don't know. It. I think a lot of the buildup too that's contributed to it is how late like its own opening has been delayed. Like it yeah. was supposed to open what like July originally. Yeah, I think so. Was it July or was it even before that? I thought it was like May. Maybe I, I yeah I'm I'm not sure I just know it's I been pushed it keep it's been getting pushed it back like went, crazy yeah long. I thought it was supposed to be in May and then they pushed it to July and then they pushed it again to September now well August September. yeah um but honestly I'm just happy I'm excited to go back to the movie theater honestly that's that's the big thing I'm excited to go back to the movie theater and you know we're gonna be wearing our masks and stuff or whatever but. You know, I'm excited just to be in a theater and see a Christopher Nolan movie on the big screen, you know, in 2020. That would be nice. It'd be, it'd be very, very refreshing. And I'm very excited for this movie. There's a lot to be excited for. Uh, but yeah, what, what would you say is your favorite Nolan movie up to this point? That's a tough one. See, I like Nolan a lot because, like, every time, all his movies are, like, are great. Like, this isn't really a knock on them, but I feel like a lot of his movies are so complex that after you see him the first time, they lose like a lot of their luster in that like second and third view, just because you like know exactly what's going to happen. Right. Like, and it's not a bad thing against them because they're great movies. It's just kind of like the nature of like movies with like huge plot twists. Like when, when you know the plot, like it's a lot better when you don't know the plot twist than watching it again when like, you know what the plot twist is going to be. Right. So, I mean, I'm excited for this, but I like, I guess it's hard to pick, like, a favorite one of his movies because, like, like, there's a difference between the one that I would, like, rewatch the most and the one that I wish I could go back to, like, watching for the first time. Right. Because, like, rewatchable, so rewatchable to the three Dark Knights. Probably Dark Knight Rises. Or not Dark Knight Rises, The Dark Knight. So what, what would you say would be what for each of those categories, so your favorite and for rewatchable? Um, so, like, most rewatchable, i definitely say The Dark Knight. I think like that's and it's still a really great movie, but yeah. it's it's different than like the Dark Knights or the Batman series he did was just like a lot of the elements of his movies were tailored into it, but they weren't like his like other movies. Yeah. Um, 
But then one with the biggest plot twist that I would like to see again. I think I think I'd do the Prestige. I, like yeah, that one was pretty that's an nuts. underrated one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't think of another one that I would rather like substitute for right. that. What did you think of Dunkirk? Because that's the movie he's coming off of. I liked it. Um, to be honest, like I, I, I remember like it was a, like a good thing to like a great movie to like watch because of the way they shot it and everything. But like, it's hard to remember some of the, like just like the scenes in general, honestly, because it right. was like the whole movie was kind of like just super similar the whole time. I mean, obviously it was one setting on that beach. But, like, I think a lot of, like, in memory, like, a lot of those scenes just kind of blended together. Um, yeah. It just, it lacked a lot of, like, memorable characters and, like, you know, it had, like, yeah, like, I think it was a really well done movie. And I liked how realistic it was. But yeah. also, at times, it just was, like, and it's a great story, but it just lacked, like, a lot of what we love from these kind of movies, which I guess was kind of refreshing at the same time because it, it felt very, like, documentary style. It didn't feel like a, yeah. like a movie. There wasn't, very, there wasn't a lot of dead time for these characters to really breathe and get to know them because, like, every scene is just another, you know, crazy set piece after another. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. I mean, I, I liked it, but I think I like uh, 1917. I mean, I know it's that's World War One and... Dunkirk is in a World War II movie, but I just think that movie kind of had that better... I think it did kind of the close encounter, like, really tight, uh, you know, claustrophobic scenes with these in this war setting better, in my opinion. But uh, looking forward to this movie now, uh, Tenet, what are, what are your thoughts on it going in? What do you want to see? What are you excited for? I Like... That's kind of the thing is like I really have no idea. Like I, I, I I've seen the trailer obviously, right. but I couldn't really tell you what this like movie's about. Aside mm-hmm. that it's like spies and there's some sort of time travel involved. Right. But there's not like much of a plot you could really discern from the trailer, which I guess will be a large part of the movie too because I've heard it's just super confusing throughout the mm-hmm. whole thing. Yeah, it is. But I've also heard it starts like really energetically and like with a bang. So like you just get locked in right away, which I'm kind of looking forward to. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And a thing I'm really excited for the most about this movie is just like Nolan in all his movies, he uses like his filmmaking as a way to tell a story or as a way to be a part of the story. Like, um, for example, in like interstellar, like he, he, he took the time to like really make it as accurate as he possibly could and like even from because he knew from a visual effects standpoint he could be able to like really make it look legit and i think with this movie he's gonna do he's gonna use like the reverse effects yeah and like those kind of time because you know if you see the trailer you see a lot of like that and the movie's kind of like this i guess it's from my understanding they they draw energy from objects and allow them to move you know opposite of normal gravitational pull. I mean, that's just my interpretation from watching the trailer. I know nothing about this movie, but uh, I don't know. That's what it looks like. Or is it like them manipulating time? But whatever it is, Christopher Nolan, uh, and I guess we'll find out when we see the movie and you'll find out at the end uh, of this episode, but um, what Christopher Nolan, I think, is going to be able to do is use that those effects of like you know you see always, you always see those like reverse effects and like you know when people 
pull things in their hands and use and use the force basically like you know how people do that like with video effects like he's going to use that to a different level and and use it incorporated in action scenes yeah. in a way that's believable to the story and because it works for the story and he almost writes the story around the effects that he's able to do and the filmmaking feats he's able to do so that's what i'm really excited for is to see what else he does because he's always just a trailblazer he's always pushing the pushing the limits of what you can do yeah uh and he shoots everything in camera too like everything is done there like all the explosions and stuff we're gonna see i bet are done for real like that's awesome he always does that so it's like yeah i'm excited for this one but i don't really know nothing about the story like i don't understand do you do you think it's like time because is it like a a time travel movie like because it's like I know there's like time bent, like I guess yeah. time like bending is involved. Like yeah. there is, but like there's also a line in the trailer that's like, uh, like there's people in the future that need our help, right. which kind of makes it seem more long term than just like you know like a two minute like, like time reversal or something. Right. So maybe there's like different, like, like there's like a levels of 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 how you can manipulate time. Like there's like a spectrum. Like. Yeah, I really, you can I really don't it know. For like, a, for like a split second, or like for like, you know, an extended period of time, you can travel. I don't know. It's yeah, we'll have to figure out yeah. what this is about. It's hard to speculate when we don't really know. But uh, I'm really excited for this one. I think, uh, you know, it's it's just hard with some of these movies when you don't really want to know anything about the story. You don't really want to know the character you know you don't want to know too much going in so it's like it's hard to speculate yeah. like i i yeah i do enjoy the fact that like i don't know anything about right it a lot and that's what i love with these kind of movies especially like with some of them i, I kind of like especially if it's a based on a true story like it's something like that kind of like especially if i know what the story is already uh it's it's something that you know it always kind of leans your mind you know where the movie's gonna go it's just really about how well it's executed, but with this, it's completely different because it's just so it's going to be so compli- you know complicated because that's kind of how that's how Nolan's movies are. They're they're very complicated. Yeah. In in story, uh, you're, a you're, lot of yeah. the time. Like I feel like we're not going to know really at all exactly what's going on until like the very end of the movie. Right. Like I think it'll be like that that big of a loop of like connecting dots. Right. Another example I just thought of of Nolan using like filmmaking is in Memento uh, yeah. because of how he uses like the whole story being told out of chronological order, basically told in reverse order. Like it's kind of how yeah. you remember things. Sometimes you remember the most recent thing and then as you regain your memory. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's really, really, really well done. Um, but I, that's what I kind of want to see him use and expand action and do action scenes that we've never seen before. Like that's the kind of stuff I want to see because, you know, this is supposed to be a, this is a spy movie, right? You know, cause he, he yeah. had said a couple of years ago, he was actually kind of rumored to be, to direct the James Bond movie that was supposed to come out. Uh, I do remember that, you know, in April or whatever. So he was supposed to do that. And then I guess he came up with the idea for this and said, Hey, I'm just going to do my own spy movie. Yeah, we got a lot of outside ambient noise <laughs> doing this on the porch. So we got nature. Hear it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, like, I just want to see him do, like, new action scenes, like, new new stuff that we haven't seen before, but, like, I don't know. Do it and then edit it in a way that's different, you know? 
and almost like shoot an action scene one way and then like edit it in a way that makes it completely new. Which is what I feel like. I feel like the editing is really going to be the show in this movie. That's my uh, my my prediction. The editing. Yeah. 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 Just like the way it's like, all like put together. A, I mean, a lot of, like Inception was on like an editing level, like crazy too. Oh, of course. That's what I I'm, I kind of like think of this movie is going to be like a memento mixed with Inception. Because you got like the time, you know, yeah. stuff, but then you also have you know the abstract, you know, effects and all that. So I don't know. And it's kind of like a that was like a heist movie, and this is like a spy movie. So. I like how Nolan's like doing a bunch of different move, types of movies. Like he does a bunch, he does so many different types of movies. Uh, you know, he's done the superhero movies. He's done, you know, a space adventure movie, you know, war a crime movie. movie, war movie, now a spy movie. Um, you know, yeah, that is he's impressive. Done crime dramas with uh, Insomnia, which is an underrated Nolan movie. Um. You know, he, uh, following, which is like his first movie, which is probably his weakest one. I've only seen it like one time. I saw it like a couple years ago. It, it's good. It's just like, it's okay. But uh, Insomnia is really good. Uh, I also love, obviously, Memento, Inception, uh, Prestige. We were talking about the Prestige yeah. earlier, weren't we? I feel like it's just a. You just gotta say it, like they're all good. They're like, all that's good. What you just yeah, say. they're all good. Can't really pick a favorite. <laughs> I'm just listing them off to see if I can just remember anything about any of them specifically. What was the first Nolan movie you saw in theaters? Dark Knight or Batman Begins? Did you see Batman Begins in theaters? I definitely didn't see Batman Begins in theaters. Um, Dark Knight. I actually don't even remember if I saw that in theaters. Um. But I don't think there was a movie, like, I don't know. It might have been Inception. But that would ju- it would have been Inception if I didn't see Dark Knight. But I can't remember if yeah. I saw Dark Knight in theaters or not. Yeah. Dark Knight's good. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the whole Batman trilogy was unbelievable. Yeah, we saw Dark Knight Rises in theaters. Yeah. I remember we stopped at the, uh, what was it? It was a Target right next to the movie theater. And we got a bunch of candy and then yeah. brought it in and ate all of it. Oh, that was for like the midnight showing. Yeah, we thought we like to the there was going to be a premiere. line. So we showed up at like 5 p.m. Yeah. and there was no one in line nobody for there. like literally four hours. Like we just <laughs> sat in and like in like and completely empty except for us like queue, like just waiting for like four hours. But honestly, like it, it just made the hype even more. Like yeah. it made us more excited to see it because like. We all love yeah, Dark Knight so much. Time. We were we all love Dark Knight so much that like we were all so excited for that movie. Like that was and it delivered. I still love it. I love it. I think it's so underrated. Yeah. A lot of people hate on it. But I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I think it's really good. Um uh, but also uh, Interstellar, I love too. I love that movie. I think that's like his best shot movie. Like from the, I get I get that the ending is kind of my least favorite part. I think if they chopped the last 20 minutes off, it'd be a perfect movie. Like, cut, chop, end the movie, cut to credits as soon as he, you know, spirals out in space. You know, at the end, and then you know when he wakes up at yeah, the end? Yeah, 
they should have they should have cut it right at that part when he spirals out in space and you can just see out in the, in the distance a little ship coming to pick him up. That would have been sick if they just left it on that cliffhanger and say, does he get picked up or not? Because, like, the last 20 minutes are just kind of, you know... Yeah, I get what that, you're saying. They're not that good. They're definitely the worst part of the movie, and, and it just adds on to the runtime. Like, I, 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 I actually, on my, on my laptop, when I had the movie downloaded on my laptop in high school... Sorry, people. I was a pirate. Um, my, but yeah, that was my old days. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I had the movie, and what I did was I went and I chopped the uh, um, the last twenty minutes out and just put the credits in, and then watched oh, you, the movie uh, like that, and it's way better. Yeah, but don't you still think like you know that? That's not how it actually ends, though. Yeah, but in the back of your head. But like, I try to put my, I tried to put myself in like, if I was watching it for the first time. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But yeah, I do think that movie ran a little too long, which I hope. Uh, I don't even know. Do you know how long this is gonna be? This movie? I don't know. That's kind of a strange question to ask. Um, I can look it up. See. But I think it's, it's. I mean, it's definitely gonna be over two, two and a half hours because you know that's Nolan. But hey, honestly. I'm so down. I would be disappointed if it wasn't. Like, it's not a complaint. That's just an observation because I I love that. He's like one of the few directors that can get away with making a super long movie. It is two and a half hours exactly. So, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, this movie, it, it it's going to be good. It's going to be big. It's big money. You know, Christopher Nolan, his movies are expensive. He's going to have big effects. It's going to have... You know, this is a $205 million budget. Um, it's already made $7 million opening weekend in the UK. Um, $53 million worldwide as of Tuesday night. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really excited for this movie. I think, I think it's going to be... I think it could be one of his best, depending on how good the action is, depending on... Who, oh yeah, also, the cast is really good. Robert Pattinson's in this, of course. John David Washington, who I think is a really good up-and-coming actor. And he did a lot of stunt work for this. Um, So I've heard. Saw that online. But, um, yeah. It, uh, you know, I think the cast is really good. And, you know, since Nolan does a lot of stuff in camera, it helps with the actors. So. Yeah. You know, he always gets good acting. You know what you're going to expect. Um in that in that department so you know going in any last expectations i'm just i'm just excited like i just hope that it's not disappointing and i don't think it like it like i don't think that'll happen at all like i think it's gonna be really good like i'm just it's been a long time since i've seen a movie that i know is gonna have like a crazy ending but i don't know what the ending is right and that's that's exciting to me yeah, I'm very excited too. Yeah, um, and that's the thing. The trailers were good for this movie because with trailers, sometimes I get turned off from watching them just because they give too much away. Uh, but these trailers were good uh, because they don't really give a lot of plot away. I mean, obviously with these movies, it's hard to give a lot away because it's so complex a lot of the time yeah. that you just need to watch it multiple times to really understand it. But, you know, we'll see what happens with this. I'm really excited um, to see what this has to offer and another, will we get another great film in the Nolan, uh, you know, collection? Probably. Cause you know, this guy just gets it. He gets it. He gets actors, he gets special effects 
and he's just he's a trailblazer he's been doing it for a while and he's getting better and better every time so you know that's all i got that's all you got yep. so we're gonna go see this movie and then we're gonna i'm gonna come back here for the review and i'm gonna review this movie so uh, i will give a spoiler warning to those who have not seen the movie you guys can go pause this at that point and then uh, come back. So I will be seeing you guys at a later point in the night. Peace. We're back. Uh, and it's now time for the review. Uh, sadly, I'm alone here. Uh, Jack had to go. You know, it's late. It's almost midnight. And I just got back from the showing of Tenet, Christopher Nolan's Tenet, uh, my first viewing. So this will be kind of, this is the review section. So there will be spoilers. I'll be talking about the film. So if you haven't seen it, uh, I'm going to give my spoiler warning here very soon. Um, but first, I just kind of wanted to talk about my thoughts on the movie without spoiling it for anyone that wants to see it. Uh, I'm not going to give anything really away here. I'm just going to say that it was a really entertaining movie with some really great action. If you haven't been in a movie theater in a while and want to do it, this is the movie to see. I will say that it, it definitely... Um, doesn't treat its audience like idiots. So I admire it for that. And um, yeah, so let's get into spoilers because this movie has a lot to unpack. I'm going to try and dig into as much of it as I can remember off the top of the dome because to be honest with you, uh, it's a two and a half hour movie and uh, I've only seen it one time. So I'm just going to completely try and recall my favorite moments, moments that stuck out to me, whether for the better or for the worse. Um, but first, I want to give the spoiler warning. So if you have not seen Christopher Nolan's Tenet, this is your chance to pause this, go see the movie. Um, and then after you've seen the movie, come back to this moment and continue listening. Uh, but if not, if you don't care about the spoilers, if you haven't seen the movie, if you have plans of seeing the movie, then please stick around. Uh, I encourage you to listen just if you want to hear my voice, whatever the reason. Uh, but I'm going to give my spoiler warning. So if you've not seen Tenet, this is your final warning because I'm going to be talking spoilers in three, two, one, spoiler time. So, wow, this movie, <laughs> I will say, um, as I mentioned looking in, uh, I was hoping this would be a technical feat, and I can honestly say it is. Um, my prediction of the editing being the star of this movie, I think, is really true. And it, it does it does ring true. I was I was pretty right about that prediction, uh, which is something that doesn't happen very often. But uh, this movie looks great. I mean, the editing, the like I said, is incredible. What they were able to do with explaining how this inversion works and doing it in a visual way made it so much easier for you to wrap your head around. At least it did for me. Uh, However, at the same time, uh, there's a lot in this movie that is not as easy for you to wrap your head around, which, again, we'll get into. But talking visually about this movie, I mean, what they were able to do with with reverse uh, video and forward playing video and how they were able to mix the two and blend the two. Like there are there are multiple plenty of shots in this movie where, you know, one person is walking forward and everything around them is in reverse. And it's just, it's amazing how they were able to edit this. Uh, this movie will definitely have a Best Editing Oscar. I, I think that's 
there's, you know, there's, it's going to be very hard to debate that because this movie looks really great. Uh, and I mean, off the bat, you know, you get some great action in this movie, which the action is really fun. It's really exciting. And, and Nolan does build some good tension. I don't think he builds as good of tension as he did in, say, Dunkirk or some of his other films. Uh, but the, there is some really good suspenseful scenes. I mean, this movie off the bat starts off with that um, the opera scene, which is super in your face. It's loud. Um, you know, you get, I guess, these guys with guns coming in uh, to the opera set. And, and uh, this is really where you get the introduction to John David Washington's character, uh, who doesn't, I don't even think he has a name in this movie. <laughs> I think he's just kind of, I, I don't recall him actually having a name. Um, but he's just kind of, uh, you know, the narrator, the, you know, protagonist, whatever. He refers to himself as the protagonist in the movie. So, yeah, that's pretty much what he is. He's the he's the narrator. So basically, um, you know, you get introduced to him in that scene and you get some cool uh, action there. From what I can remember, I, I really thought it was a really good, intense opening sequence. But then they just drop you into a bunch of exposition. You get a lot about J John David Washington's character, uh, Elizabeth Debicki's character as well. Uh, you get some backstory on her. Um, I think that's her name. Uh, she's really good in the movie. I actually really liked her character. Um, she got a lot of screen time in this movie. Uh, and obviously, you know, they really lean on her being the mother you know, with the child and, and you just don't really get enough of that for me to really care. I think that's just, that's not enough. I'm sorry. It's, it's not enough for that to be the only emotional weight in this movie, uh, which it kind of is. Yeah, it is Elizabeth DeBecky. I just looked it up. Yes. Shout out to her. She was really good in this movie, but again, we'll get into characters in a moment. I know I keep, my brain is going everywhere. This movie goes everywhere. So I'm trying to stay on narrative, but it's hard because there's just, this movie jumps around a lot. There's a lot here. It's a lot to unpack. And it's definitely a movie I feel like I'm going to appreciate more on multiple viewings. Um, just because there is so much of this movie that this movie leaves you in the dark for the pretty much the first half of it. And then I'd say about, you know, midway to three quarters through the movie, you really start to get a pickup on what this all means. And then at the end, you get the big reveal. And by then, it, it just... We'll get into my complaints. I mean, I know I'm pushing a lot of stuff off here, but there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about. But let's talk about visuals. So visuals and action. We'll get to that, and then we'll get to characters, and then we'll get to my problems with the movie. Um, but And then we'll get to my final thoughts. But um, as for the visuals, as for the action, wrap that up, and then we'll get into characters. The visuals are great. Uh, you know, the movie looks amazing. It's a Nolan movie. Uh, the music also. We'll, we'll mention that as well. Uh, Ludwig Göransson did the uh, the track for this one, uh, the soundtrack for this one. He composed it. Uh, man, really awesome, really really awesome score. Really hard bass uh, throughout this thing. Really loud, really in your face. Uh, you know the music is really really great. We all know that from a Nolan movie. I mean, the, this movie has a lot of the things that we love about Nolan movies: great action, uh, a, a story that doesn't treat you like an idiot a story that makes you think, a story that doesn't give you all the answers up front. Um, you know, it's a lot of those things and, and, and that we love about Nolan movies, and, and this movie has it. Um, but it also has some of the problems that we have 
that a lot of Nolan movies have faced. Um, and now we're going to get into character. <sighs> the characters in this movie are very hollow, I will say. And, and they're almost a little too hollow. Um, to the point where you just don't... I just found myself not really caring about these characters that much. And, and I know that's a shame to say, uh, but there just wasn't enough characterization here. There isn't enough... Uh, and maybe that was done intentionally, but if so, it, it, this story needed it a lot more than, say, Dunkirk did. Because in Dunkirk, that was my same, uh, that was my same gripe I had with Dunkirk was that there was no there was no characterization, there was no real narrative. It was just a bunch of, you know, really intense scenes back to back to back. And and this one is kind of like that, but there is definitely a narrative. The story really overrides the character in this movie, though, and I, I kind of noticed that about the first act of this movie. The first act is definitely the weakest part of this movie. Um, you know, there's a, like I said, there's a lot of exposition dump right after the, you know, I like how it opens up with an action sequence, but then there's a lot of exposition after that for the next, I don't know, 15 to 25 minutes. I can't remember, but I just remember it dragging on a little too long before we actually got to the point of where we were heading. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, when you find out about, Pretty much, you know, Elizabeth Debicki, her character, talks about the the scene that we obviously see play out towards the end of the movie um, with her slamming the raspberries or whatever those were on the on the ground on the ship on the on the boat. You know what I'm talking about if you've seen the movie, which you have or have not. Who cares? But <laughs> um, you know what I mean? It's it's. Uh, you know, a lot of abstract stuff thrown in your face at first, a lot of, you know little nuggets that obviously get payoffs at the end of the movie. But by the time you get there, just if you forgot about them almost and, and you almost forget about it because, uh, you know, you're not really grabbing onto these characters the way that I think the movie thought you were going to, uh, there just isn't enough here emotionally between, you know, John David Washington's character Robert Pattinson's character, Elizabeth Becky's character, like, and then look, all the actors are great, and I love John David Washington. He is really good in this movie, and I think he has a lot of charm and a lot of charisma, and he he does what he can with this role. But I just think this character, the writing of this character, is really, really kind of hollow. Not really hollow, but kind of hollow, and uh, there just isn't any emotional weight to this character. The only emotional weight you have is that he feels sympathy for Elizabeth Becky being a mother to her daughter, her son. But outside of that, he really has no emotional reason to care about this situation that he finds himself in. Uh, another thing about this movie is I think this movie could have benefited from maybe one to three jokes in this movie. And I'm not saying like overtly ridiculous jokes, and this doesn't need to be an action comedy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying little subtle jokes about, and not necessarily jokes, but even just a little bit of, um, self-awareness could have really helped this movie because it is just such a ridiculous, convoluted plot, I think. And I think Inception did a good job of kind of bringing a little bit of that levity into how ridiculous it was. But this movie, I think it takes itself a little too seriously uh, for its own good, it, uh, especially for what is an homage to the spy genre. And you get a lot of that, you know, espionage and, uh, you know, going undercover, you know, he goes undercover as the, the, you know, the Ukrainian or Russian soldier, whatever that was. And in the beginning of the movie, and then obviously the firefighter, uh, chase sequence, which is incredible by the way, 
you know, you see him in that, uh, and, and that whole highway chase sequence is the best part of the movie. It is incredible what they were able to do with that. Uh, it, it looks amazing. Um, also the, uh, the final action sequence at the end where they have that building that like is being blown up by two rockets at the same time, but one obviously is inverted and the other is not. And when it hits, the building like explodes and then implodes and then explodes again. It was really crazy to see. Uh, and, and, um, like I said earlier with the visuals, it, it, it's amazing what they were able to do with this movie from a technical standpoint. I mean, Christopher Nolan is one of the best technical filmmakers that we've seen in the past 20 years. I mean, there's no denying that, uh, you know, and he's really pushed the envelope with this one technically, but, uh, you know, the story and the characters are really where this movie kind of fell off for me and where I didn't like it. And like I said earlier with the, with all, you know, a lot of the lead characters I didn't love, but the one character I did really like was Kenneth Branagh's character. Uh, he's the main villain of this movie. Uh, I really liked this character. I thought he was really menacing, really scary. Uh, you know, he definitely pulls no punches. He is a really tough villain. Um, and I liked that. And, he really does a lot of good stuff in this movie. He goes for it. He really goes for it. You can tell he's, he's, you know, Brana really went for the over the top villain, but it works for this movie. in, in my opinion, I, I thought, uh, you know, he, he, he was definitely one of the, the highlights, uh, when it comes to characterization, uh, him and Elizabeth Debicki's character were definitely the strongest written characters in this movie. And, and as for the others, you know, Pattinson and John David Washington, you know, when we're speaking about the leads, uh, you know, they were fine. They were they were really great, but the characters, them, the writing of the characters, I mean, were fine. But the acting was really good. I mean, like I said, I've loved Robin Pattinson for a long time. I've been a huge fan of him. And uh, not a long time, but, you know, past couple of years. And John David Washington, like I said, is one of the best up-and-coming talents. And he does a lot of great stunts in this movie. You can tell he's doing them, too. I mean, he definitely put himself through a beating. Uh, but the final product, I can say, is really impressive. So, um, you know, let's talk about what I didn't love about this movie. So the first thing, like I mentioned, was the characters. Um, didn't love uh, a lot of the writing, but I think that this movie is just way too plot heavy. And when I say that, I mean that it's just they throw a lot of heavy dialogue at you in the beginning of this movie. And there's a lot of scenes throughout where they just have to remind you what's going on because there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of, you know, jumping through time. There's a lot of, you know, manipulation of time and space uh, throughout this movie that they want you to believe while at the same time trying to tell a really convoluted spy story. And I think that just the complication of this movie piles on top of each other to the point, if you know what I mean, like the complicated aspects of this movie pile on top of itself to the point where you're just sitting there wondering what's even happening. And, it, and maybe it's that I'm not smart enough to pick this up, but I would say that for a Christopher Nolan movie, and I've seen every Christopher Nolan movie, this is definitely one of the hardest f for me to pick up on first viewing when it comes to just flat out narrative. I'm not even talking about themes and, uh, you know, ideas i'm talking more from uh what is the point of this story like where does the story 
lineup. And I think when I watch this movie more, that's why I feel like I'll appreciate it more as I kind of go back and watch it because, you know, when the big twist happens at the end and they all kind of, you know, when, when they're all standing there and they each take a, a piece of the, uh, the uh, what did they call that, the algorithm or whatever that thing is, the metal thing that they all take thirds of him, Pattinson, and then the other guy that I didn't know the name of. Uh, <laughs> you know, when they all take those parts uh, and Pattinson's kind of explaining to him how you're going to meet me in the future. Well, your future, my past. So I'll see you in your future or something. You know what I mean? That end part, it they dump all of that on you, especially with the backpack and a lot of like the hidden visual cues that they give you. They just, they dump it all on you kind of at the last minute in the last 20 minutes. And it kind of just left me like, uh, okay, like I, I wish they would have kind of dispersed it out throughout the movie with, with those plot reveals and kind of helped you put the puzzle together instead of just throwing all the pieces at you at the end and saying, okay, here's the puzzle, when in reality it's just here's a bunch of information, now go back and watch the movie again and put it all together when you know the fun of it is putting it all together as you watch it and as you learn about these characters, which you don't really in this movie, so... Um, you know, that definitely hurts it. But look, I, like I said, I, I enjoyed this movie. I think it's, I think it's a really good movie and it's definitely one of the best movies of 2020 so far. And and on top of that, it was just a relief to be in a movie theater. It was a relief to be in a movie theater again. And look, I wore the mask. Uh, we, we sat down, but there wasn't a person within 15 feet of us. Um, there was people up in the top rows. We sat like, I think fourth row back in, um, IMAX, um, Regal's RPX theater. That's where I saw it. And, uh, let me tell you the one complaint I have with this movie. And it was my biggest complaint is the sound mixing of this movie. And I don't know if it was my theater that I was in or if it was the movie itself, but the dialogue was really drained out in this movie. And there were so many moments where I couldn't hear a damn thing that anyone was saying. And that's probably why I didn't really understand this movie as much as I probably will if I watch it again. But I don't know what the hell they were thinking with the sound mixing because the visual aspect of this movie is amazing, but the sound the sound sounds good, but the, the dialogue, the dialogue is so drained out by the music and by the ambient sound and by the sound effects and everything that's going on in the scene that you don't even understand what's happening half the time because you can't understand what people are saying. And I, I don't know if this was my theater or where I was sitting or what, but it, it, I've never had that experience in an, in an IMAX theater before where I could not hear dialogue. So I, I, I could distinctly not hear it. Like it was almost drained out. And I had this problem a little bit in Dunkirk, but it wasn't that big of a deal because, you know, that movie's pretty visual as it is. There isn't really a lot of dialogue in it anyway. But this one is very dialogue heavy. There's a lot of quick, you know, really intelligent, jargon-filled dialogue that explains really this complicated plot. And when you can't hear it, you know, that definitely affects the overall outcome of the film for me. And yeah, it, it definitely hurt this movie for me. And I don't know if that's because of the theater or what, but maybe on the second viewing I can, you know get a better understanding of some of the dialogue here. But like I said, it, it, it was, it was pretty disappointing just to, you know, have that happen. And I, I hope that wasn't because that wasn't Nolan that was doing that. And it was the movie theater because if so, that's, you know, 
that sucks because that that was definitely my biggest complaint with the movie. I I, I couldn't believe how drained out the dialogue sound. I, I couldn't tell if it was me, if it was uh, if it was the theater, if it was the movie. I'm like, and I was just like thinking in my head, I couldn't tell. But um, yeah, it it was it was something. But some of my favorite scenes, some of my favorite standout scenes. Let's talk about the airport scene where uh, they go through the and steal the painting. Um, that was an awesome, awesome scene. That may have been my favorite scene of the entire movie. That one or the highway chase scene. Um, but I like how they go back and revisit those scenes at the end of the movie and explain some of the holes that they drop. Um, like, obviously, the guy in the black suit that comes in when they're stealing the painting and they're like, there's another person in here. They realize later that that's John David Washington's character going back in time. Um, that was a really cool moment, you know, because you see him get sucked up in the propeller there at the towards the middle of the movie when that scene happens at the, for the first time, and then it isn't until later that you realize that that person got sucked with the propeller was just John David Washington's character from the future. So, uh, really a cool thing, and, and that's the thing. This movie just. It asks a lot of the viewer. It does. It asks a lot of you. You really have to be paying attention and listening to every line of dialogue. So my advice to you is if you haven't seen this movie, well, at this point, I'm sorry I've already ruined it for you, but you know, if you haven't seen it, please just listen to the dialogue. That's my advice. Listen to the dialogue. But... um. You know, uh, some other standouts, uh, like I said, the bat, the final battle sequence, I liked how that the idea of the red and blue team, you know, red and blue, obviously being symbolic of the two rooms when they first find out, which was an awesome scene, the interrogation scene where he has where uh, Kenneth Branagh has Elizabeth Becky by with the gun on her. And he's like, I'm going to shoot her if you don't tell me where where the algorithm is or whatever. And then, um, you know, obviously he goes back forward in time i guess to being right next to john david washington with the gun and he's like okay and then john david washington tells him the address and then he goes back in time to try and reconfirm that the address that he told him was the right address but then it ends up being a lie anyway so <laughs> you know it, it, there's just a lot a lot of here and it's it's just me right now i'm just with with this review i kind of wanted to just be a stream of conscious where i'm just kind of regurgitating what i saw and giving my initial re reaction because obviously when i give this a grade here in a few minutes it's not going to be the final grade my grades are not final you know you can get extra credit <laughs> um you know uh if i like the movie better when i watch it a second time which i think i will with this one uh, as most Nolan movies increase in value as you watch them. Uh, and I think this one will, will also be that case just because there's so much um, on the front end that's, uh, you know, kind of left in the dark and it isn't until the back end that you actually realize what it is. But anyway, uh, I was talking about the scene with the, the red and the blue teams before I got distracted. But the red and the blue scene, um, I thought that was a really cool way to kind of do uh, a battle sequence. I didn't think this movie was going to have like armed weaponry battle sequences, but we got one and it was really cool. And I love the, how the red team's moving in forward in time and the blue team's moving backwards in time and how they were able to shoot that. 
it was really amazing. Like, there's so many sequences in this movie where you're just like, how do they shoot that? How did they, the, the, like I said, the fire truck sequence that I mentioned from earlier, how did they shoot that? How did they get all those trucks all aligned with each other on a highway strip? It was really amazing what they were able to do. Uh, but like I said, um, this movie, it, it, it really surprised me, though, with, with the action. I think the action definitely pushes the envelope. Um, I love the hand-to-hand combat in this movie. You see a lot of it. Um, there's times where someone's moving forward in time while someone's moving backwards in time at the exact same time. <laughs> uh, well, obviously, you see that throughout the movie, but within hand-to-hand combat, like two guys that are fighting each other. And that's where it gets really fun, and especially with the scene with John David Washington fighting basically the future version of himself in the art uh, museum or exhibit, which happens to be connected within an airport. I, I didn't really 100% understand that, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, it, it, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I really got to say about this movie, but I'm going to get into final thoughts and grading it. Uh, my final thoughts though on this movie, it's really good. I, I thought this was a good, good movie. I, uh, where does it stack on uh, compared to other Nolan movies? To be honest, I think this is one of Nolan's weaker films. If I'm being completely honest, I, I, I didn't love this movie. If I'm being honest, and I've loved a lot of Nolan movies, and I wouldn't say I love this one, uh, but I do like it. And you know, there's a lot to love here. the 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 visual aspect of this movie is incredible. The acting is really good. You know, the music is great. Um, the set pieces are really unique and really well thought out, and the physics and uh, Basically, the way that inversion works is so complicated, but it I kind of started to pick up on it towards the middle of the end of the movie. And they do try to do a good job of explaining it. And I think as I watch the movie more and more, I will that will become less and less pertinent to me as I understand it more and more. Uh, But look, I'm always for these kind of movies, especially Christopher Nolan movies, where he always pushes the envelope, not only from a filmmaking standpoint, but from, uh, you know, a you know cinematic standpoint when it comes to people connecting with the film and i think a lot of people are going to to watch this and be really entertained and you know but with that comes problems and and this movie for me it lacked a lot of the emotional resonation that I think it could have benefited from. It lacked a lot of the characterization, uh, especially from Robert Pattinson, John Dave Washington's character. I mean, they, they really don't have any sort of back story or uh, any sort of, you know, humanity to them outside of being really likable characters. But look, it, they don't, it doesn't ruin the movie. It doesn't make the movie bad. And it's not the actor's fault. It's more of the writing's fault. It's more of Nolan's fault. And, uh, you know, and characterization's always been kind of an issue for him. We saw it in Interstellar. We saw it in Dunkirk. So, you know, that's fine. But it, it could have made this movie a lot better and a lot, lot better. Adding some more emotion to this, even if they added a romance or something, anything could have, you know, any quarter, sort of emotional pull outside of the mother and child um, dynamic, which wasn't really that explored anyway. Uh, that was a little bit weak to me. I think that was a weak part of this movie. And they really rely a lot on it, especially towards the end of the movie um, when they want you to care a lot about Elizabeth Debicki's character and her relationship with her child and her relationship with Kenneth Branagh. And you just really don't. 
<laughs> um, and yeah, like I said, the characterization, all of that. Uh, I think this movie just doesn't really flow as well as a lot of Nolan's other movies. Uh, and and like I said, it could have used a, a a little bit of levity, not a whole lot, not a whole lot, because I know this movie is trying to take itself really seriously, and I'm fine with that. Um, but maybe just a little bit of self-awareness and acknowledgement of how ridiculous and convoluted this whole thing is. I mean, we saw some of that um, in Interstellar um, and in Inception in some of those movies, but we don't really see it here, and it doesn't really do a good job of humanizing these characters. I wish John David Washington's character was a little bit more humanized, um, but like I said, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was really fun. It has some really good action. It's definitely the best movie I've seen this summer. That isn't saying much, but uh, like I said, it's be- it's really good to be back in the theater for the first time since like I think February, March. I think it was the first week of March was the last time I was in the theater. But yeah, but like I said, anyway, back to this movie. Um, really entertaining, really fun. I think people, I think a lot of people either really love this movie or not really get it. <laughs> um, I'm kind of somewhere in between. Um, but yeah, if I had to grade this movie, I'm probably going to give this a 3.8 out of 5. I thought about it. 3.8 out of 5 I think is a good grade for this. I couldn't quite get it to the 4 just because I, I don't know how much I'm going to really, really rewatch this one over other Nolan movies, if I'm being completely honest. like It is entertaining. There is some really great action here. There is some really great visual stuff here. And I will definitely see this movie again at some point. Um, you know, Probably sooner rather than later. But... Like I said, it's not going to be a Nolan movie that I'm going to rush out to see, like I would say, Inception or the Dark Knight movies or even Interstellar would be for me, which are all movies that I love. And Memento as well. Put that one in there. And The Prestige. And pretty much every other movie. But I do like this one. Um, I would probably put this one above Insomnia and Following, I would say. And um, maybe Dunkirk. Maybe. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, it's a good movie and it's got some good action. It's got some good fun and it's definitely a solid movie. If you, if you're trying to go back to theaters, like I said, check it out. Uh, and if not, whatever, but yeah, it's not the best Nolan movie. Uh, there is problems I have with it and, but I'm sure I will like this movie more and more and it probably will climb up to a four to, you know, if I watch it again and enjoy it more, maybe even higher, who knows? But as of right now, after first viewing, you know, it was it was good and it was really entertaining. And, and like I said, the plane crash sequence where they crashed that plane into the building. Holy cow. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how they got permission to do that. Well, money, obviously, but <laughs> beyond that. Um, but yeah, like I said, really good movie. Really fun action. Uh, 3.8 out of 5. But that's all I got to say. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, yeah, I, I, I look forward to doing more of these as more things come out. Uh, and I'm looking to expand this out beyond just movies. I just think movies are the easiest because, uh, you know, you got that barrier of time between the preview and the review because you got to go, you know, watch the movie. But, um, yeah, that's all I got. Thanks for watching. Follow me on social media. Check out the Instagram page. Check out my Twitter, uh, YouTube. I'm going to get video going. I know. I didn't get the video, but I'm getting videos going. So all of that will be coming soon. Uh, and yeah, that's all I got. And um, also, Jack, he will, next time he's on the podcast, we will be talking about 
this movie again. So please, if you haven't seen it, watch it. And then, you know, we'll get there when we get there. But thanks for watching. And uh, 